You're listening to the Strange Brew Creative Podcast, Episode 1. Creative, the podcast where I share conversations with friends and other inspiring creatives in the knitting community. Welcome to the very first episode, guys. I am Kristen Lehrer, also known as Villain Vine in the Knitting World and on Ravelry, and I'm super excited for this episode because I get to interview my knitting besties, Lara and Maria. If you are not familiar with who they are, uh, Maria is the host of the Cables and Crew Next podcast on YouTube, and Lara is the host of the Dyer's Notebook podcast, also on YouTube and the Dyer Behind Jinx Yarns. And somehow the three of us managed to stay in touch over the years, even though we live miles apart. I thought it would be really great to have them on the podcast to kind of chat about how we met, how we did manage to stay in touch. And since we've been podcasting for quite some time, uh, I know all three of us usually get questions from viewers, you know, how to start your own knitting podcast and connect with other knitters when you don't have an immediate circle of friends you can hang out with and knit with. I'm going to dive into the interview right now, but uh, thank you so much again for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed the the interview. Can you really call it an interview? It's more of just knitters hanging out, chatting and having a good time. So I hope you get that feel from it. I hope you enjoy and I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, I am here with my two knitting besties, Maria from the Cables and Crew Next podcast, formerly known as the Subway Knits podcast, and Lara, who is the owner and dyer behind Jinx Yarns, and the podcaster behind the Dyer's Notebook on YouTube. Hi guys! Yay! Hi! Thank you so much for joining me on my inaugural episode of Strange Fear Creative, and... I thought it would be really cool to kick off the podcast by having you guys on since you were like the OGs, my first friends when it came to knitting. <laughs> so <laughs> before I started podcasting, I re- literally had like no knitting friends whatsoever. And it was after I started Yarngasm when it was audio that I first got in touch with you guys and it, the rest was history. We, we've maintained friendship over the years. And I think that was really awesome. So I thought it would be really fun to have you guys on just to kind of like chat about that and talk about knitting and how we stayed friends over the years and how you guys got started podcasting as well. I guess I will shut up and let you guys introduce yourselves. Um, who wants to go first? Maria? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Maria. Um, I started podcasting shortly after Kristen did back in 2010, and it was mainly because all of a sudden I heard about this podcaster in Brooklyn, and I'm like, oh, cool. But because I'm territorial, I'm like, no, we need someone from Queens. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're from Astoria, Queens originally, and now yes. you're in uh, Denver, Colorado. Yeah, and now I run the Cables and Crewnecks video podcast, Yeah, working on it and getting more out there and getting really back into it. And I've missed it. It's a lot of fun. And Laura, would you like to introduce yourself for people who might not know who you are? Sure. My name is Laura. I run Jinx Yarns. I started in 2011. And then I started my podcast, The Dyer's Notebook, 
in 2012, which I started because I had just graduated from college and I had moved and I didn't have any friends where I lived and really wanted to connect with the online knitting community. So yeah, that's how I got started. We were sad, lonely knitters. We yeah. were. It all started because we were lonely and friendless. <laughs> and it was all thanks to social media uh, yes. that got us all together. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, yeah, before podcasting, I didn't have any knitting friends that like got what it was that I did or, you know, knitting was just this weird thing that Dennis's girlfriend did. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for me, knitting was like a thing that I picked up when I lived in Japan because I was bored, actually. Yeah, how can you be bored in Japan? But I was at some times and I knew no one, really. I knew people but didn't know people that knitted over there. I guess we should talk about like how we actually came in contact, like how we got in touch with each other. The way I remember it, and feel free to correct me, but I remember it was like after I I had started the podcast and then through Ravelry and comments, I remember you would chime in on Twitter, Maria. Mm-hmm. And then at one point you reached out to me. You're like, hey, you know, I, I live in Queens. Uh, I'm thinking about hitting up Brooklyn General in Brooklyn. Do you want to come by and hang out? And I was like, yeah. oh, my. I got I will be totally honest. I was kind of nervous. OK, I've never met this person in my entire life, but it's it's a safe space. It's it's a yarn shop. It's in public. So if it goes totally wrong, I can yeah. just No, Now that you mentioned Brooklyn General, I totally remember that. Like, I remember you started in summer 2010, and I was just kind of, like, following, and I figured, you know, let me just take a leap. I'm like, ooh, you're a podcaster, and I'm just a listener. Like, what do I do here? So there's a level of, like, awkwardness. But, yeah, no, at Brooklyn General, that was – and then we just hit it off. Yeah, it was – the rest was history, and it was beautiful. But then yeah. Laura came into the picture at some point. I think I met Maria first. I think I made contact with Maria first. So I had been listening because both of your podcasts were audio at the time. And I had been listening to both. I was in college at the time. I remember I would listen to them when I was at the gym. And we met, we con- I got in contact with both of you on Twitter, I remember. But with Maria, I contacted her about sponsoring her podcast because I had just started my business. And that's the first time I talked to you because you did an interview on your podcast. Yes. And that's the first time that we talked. And then Kristen, I know I did an interview on your, you had a different blog at one point. That yeah. You interviewed me on. And that, I think that's the first time that we talked. Yeah. Cause I remember you cu- you got in touch with me. You wanted to send me a scheme to use it, uh, to do a giveaway on my podcast too, at one point. And yes. then somehow I don't, I really don't remember at what point we all just came together on a group chat, like SMS. I, and I don't know, remember how that happened. But it was like so long ago. And I feel like that chat window has been open on my desktop ever since. <laughs> like I've never closed it. <laughs> it's never gone away. And like, I think that's like how we've just pretty much stayed in touch like over the years. Well, yeah. And then the group text that we have going. <laughs> I remember one day I was teaching and you guys were texting and I just kept hearing my phone beep in my pocket. And then at lunch, I checked it. There were 76 unread text messages. That's what happens with group chats. It's like, especially when there's more than one person, it's just like, if one person's not on it, it's like you come back to like pages and pages of like missed messages. Then I think the first time that we met in person, like all of us was Rhinebeck, like three, four years ago. It was Rhinebeck 20. 
14. <laughs> and that was actually the very first time I flew anywhere by myself. And I went and I stayed at Maria's place. And I remember my dad drove me to the airport. <laughs> and he was like asking about where I was going and everything and who I was staying with. And I told him, and he was so freaked out because I hadn't told him that I was staying with someone that I, you know, had only met online and never met in person. But I was like, no, we've had video chats. Like, I've seen her. Like, she's not some, like, 70-year-old man pretending to be, like, a young knitter or whatever. But, yeah, that was the first time that I met both of you in person was Rhinebeck 2014. Okay, so we've stayed friends for all these years, yet we live miles and miles apart. And I thought it would be kind of cool to, like, talk about how the knitting scene in the different places where we live differ like from each other because Maria you moved from Queens New York to Denver Colorado that's got to be a total 180 transition yeah in more ways than one I keep talking about it on the podcast because I still can't believe it but I drive now (laughs) I still need a driver's license it's okay no it's not it's sad the knitting community (laughs) here I'm still trying to figure it out you know, also with moving out to Colorado, I became a mom. So like doing all of that, but I am picking up on it. Um, there's a couple of really great knit nights around here. Uh, fancy tiger crafts is a really big part of the knitting community out here in Denver. I'm so yeah. Jealous. It's a really great store. You have to come. It's a po- this this is a place you also need to make a pilgrimage to. It's yeah, a Mecca. Mecca. I would say now even I would add my sister knits to the list up in Fort Collins. Um, and then they do this thing called Yarn Along the Rockies, which is a yarn crawl from Fort Collins, which is an hour and a half north of me without traffic to Colorado Springs, which is a half hour. So say within this two hour length of I-25 so long as there's no traffic all most of the yarn shops do get in together and it's happening next month actually is there anything that you miss specifically about New York being near the big events you know Rhinebeck and Vogue Knitting Live were always the calendar and I would go and now it's just it takes a lot more coordination now and living in New York City you totally take it for granted I'm sure like when you lived here it was kind of like ah Vogue Knitting Live ah Rhinebeck All right. Yeah. Meh. Laura, what's the knitting scene like for you in uh, Dallas, Texas? Because it's warm there, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) It it is, but we we just kind of ignore that. I mean, we still knit like BK white sweaters and like totally impractical things for here, but we love it so much. So we do it for the craft, you know, but I haven't been admittedly the past several years, haven't been too active in the local knitting scene just because finding the time to go to places is very difficult where I live in Dallas. So I'm in uh, just the area of Dallas that I'm in isn't terribly close to any knit nights or local yarn shops. So my two favorite yarn shops in DFW currently are West Seventh Wool in Fort Worth and McKinney Knittery in McKinney. Both of those are pretty far away from me. And I did used to go to That one just opened up, right? McKinney Knittery opened up, I want to say, a couple of years ago. Um, Maybe a little longer, but they're relatively new. And West 7th is also relatively new, so that's probably why I like them. I like their design aesthetic and everything. They're a lot more modern than some of, like, you know, some older yarn shops. Used to go to a knitting group in Fort Worth. I also had a knitting group when I lived up in Denton years ago. And I do miss that, but, you know, it's just very hard to find the time driving in traffic. I'm sure... You guys can relate because, I mean, you both lived in New York, but it was hard to get together just because getting from Brooklyn to Queens is, 
you know, it's not super quick, you know. So it's easy, like an easy 45 to an hour train ride to Queens and vice versa. But I am, I'm hoping, my husband and I are hoping to move in the next like year or two still in DFW, but uh, just a different area. So I'm hoping that maybe like after that happens, I'll be closer to a yarn shop or a knitting group or something to have that local connection. But since I don't really have that, that's why my online friendships like you guys are so important. And I also feel like um, you're pretty central to a lot of um, yarn festivals because you have like uh, DFW Yarn Fest and you help, or I'm sorry, is it DFW Fiber Fest or? DFW Fiber Fest, yeah. Fiber Fest. And that happens. And then there's Stitches and SSK. Well, SSK is not here. SSK is in Nashville. It's in Tennessee. I've been to it the past few years. I'm not going this year. I think it's happening right now, actually. Um, I hope, that's definitely like on my list of festivals to go to or I think it's more of like a retreat SSK? Though, right? yeah or, that's a retreat I've never been on a retreat have you guys aside from SSK have you been on a retreat no no me neither I mean the closest I would say would be for me when I got to hang out with Jasmine and Gigi from the Knitmore Girls when I went to Stitches West Such so I would love to go back <laughs> and that is for me now it's a little easier to get there because it's a two-hour flight you guys are all central now <laughs> all the way on the East Coast, where all the cool stuff's happening on the West Coast well, now. <laughs> this time of year, it feels What's like. What's crazy is that we're all in, like, three completely different time zones. It's like, we just need one more. It's true. Exactly. Just throw one more in for fun, you know, make things more exciting. <laughs> well, speaking of festivals, is there anything that is on your radar, since we're talking about, like, that and travel and all that good stuff? Well, again, like, Edinburgh Yarn Festival, I really, really want to make that I know it's going to be impossible to do it every year, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where I've drunk in the Kool-Aid and I want to have it every year. <laughs> now. I really hope I can get to go this year because it lines up perfectly with my spring break last week. And I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it's in, my, in the cards for me for next year, but I do hope to go to that one. I've also really want to check out Estes and I happen to know someone who lives in Colorado. Yeah. Get I, you, Maria. Yeah, I haven't gone yet. I totally forgot. When is it? The first or second weekend of June. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. And I still have to visit you in Texas, yes. Lara. You made like so many trips out to New York there. It's like the IOUs are like, not IOUs, but you know, it's like. <laughs> Y'all should come to DFW. When is it? The DFW Fiber Fest. We can do the festival together. Add it to our list of things to do, things to see, places to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of the fiber related. The fact that we're, we've both, we've, we've both, the fact that like we've all been podcasting for several years, um, I feel like we, we get a lot of questions about how to start a podcast and the like. So I guess what advice would you guys have for somebody wanting to start a knitting podcast that to create a community of knitters for themselves? Mm -hmm. Speak to the camera or the microphone, depending on which avenue you go, as if you're talking to you know, the friends that you have are the friends that you would like to make. I act all silly and cuckoo, you know, sometimes <laughs> when I'm podcasting and it's like, you know, you guys are totally, you know, know that that's a part of me and that I can get pretty expressive. Sure. So I just, you know, pretend I'm talking to you guys. 
definitely being yourself is the most important thing. And if you can just imagine that the camera is your best friend that totally gets your knitting and likes what you're doing, then you're gold, I think. I would say in addition to that, just as far as if you don't already have some sort of social media following, as far as like growing that goes, I would say, especially if it's a video podcast on YouTube, thumbnails are extremely important. Admittedly, I'm very lazy about it, but if you don't already have a following, a really nice thumbnail photo, something clear and something that draws people in is going Mm -hmm. to go a long way. And also, you know, the better the video quality, audio quality that you can get, obviously, the better. You can obviously start off with just, you know, your built-in camera on your laptop or something. And those cameras have gotten better over the years. And you can definitely get away without spending a lot of money. But if you do have things available, it does help speed up the process of growing an audience. And like even with, you know, it's amazing what you can do with your iPhone these days. I mean, or smartphone or what have you. Um, And you don't even need like... A fancy light kit. You can just sit in front of a window. As long as that light's like facing you, that's really all you need. I know a lot of people are get discouraged very easily when they don't immediately get a following. They don't get the viewership right off the bat from you know publishing. It's not going to happen overnight. That's my one piece of advice. But the main thing is like if you don't do it for the following, do it because. It's fun for you and don't give up the first time. Just keep at it. And if you're having fun, they will find you and the, the, the viewers will come eventually. I mean, you know, we've been do we've been podcasting for how many years? Like I'm coming up five, on, six, seven I'm years. I'm coming up on seven, I think. So you're at, all, at like nine. Yeah, which is crazy sauce. But <laughs> it, you know, again, it took me a couple of years to get a decent following. And, you know, I, I didn't really look at the numbers. I just kind of did it because, yeah, it was the thing I looked forward to every week after work. I got to sit down, pick up the microphone or a video camera and just talk about knitting. And... I would say also comment on other people's, you know, Instagrams or YouTube feeds. I know Instagram is now kind of like the place, at least for me, to kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. mention that you have a new podcast, you know, say, oh, LinkedIn profile, because everything's become so visual now. I think that's why a lot of us, you know, and we all started pretty much audio and then we gravitated toward video because now everything is so visual these days. Sure. So definitely, you know, participating in the community, it's not, they're not going to come to you. You kind of also have to go out there as well. That definitely goes a long way to, you know, befriend other people and not, you know, commenting on other people's YouTube videos, not to say, you know, not posting comments like, hey, check out my podcast, but just, you know, engaging with them about their videos. And that doesn't always translate to someone clicking on your channel, but sometimes it does especially Mm -hmm. if they see your name over and over and you're actually engaging with them about what they're talking about and not just trying to plug your own podcast or business or whatever. For sure. Exactly. Like joining in the conversation, contributing to the conversation, adding value and not just saying, watch my video, you know? Okay. So I think we should probably wrap it up because yeah, we've been talking for for 30 minutes already, which is crazy. (laughs) Lots of video, lots of not video editing, but audio editing to do. But um, yeah, where let's tell people where we can find you guys on social media if they want to follow you guys around. I am at cables and crewnecks, all one word on Instagram. 
and Venus Fueri on Ravelry, V-E-N-U-S-F-U-E-R-I. I will link all these in the show notes on strangefruitcreative.com, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> and then I am I'm Jinx, G-Y-N-X, on Ravelry. I am Jinx Yarns on Instagram. And my website is jinxyarns.com. Yay. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the very first episode again. It was really, really awesome having you and getting to chat with you. And hope we can do it again soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bye. 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 And welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation that I had with Maria and Laura. I will, of course, again, post links to where you can follow them on social media because I think they're really amazing and you should totally follow them. Uh, show notes, again, will be at www.strangebrewcreative.com. And thank you so much again to Maria and Laura for being my, I don't want to say guinea pigs because you certainly are not guinea pigs, but um, I think inaugural guests is a more appropriate fitting term. So thank you so much for being my inaugural guests on the podcast. I hope you guys come back again soon. And uh, it was just so much fun. So I am hoping to make this a biweekly podcast. So uploading an episode every two weeks, uh, that is the plan. So uh, I hope you guys are looking forward to that. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to see where it goes, honestly, I have no idea where it's going. I'm just kind of having fun with it and uh, we, we shall see together where it goes. And if you're down for that type of thing, uh, please like and subscribe. Or wait, I don't know if you can like and subscribe because this is, this is an audio podcast, not a video on YouTube. But anyway, it is, a, it is an audio podcast and that means you can subscribe pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes or Stitcher, uh, places like those and, uh, you know, leave a review, leave a review. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like. Please keep it constructive. Uh, I, I don't pay attention to any unconstructive criticism. So, uh, make it as constructive as you possibly can. If you do have, if you do have any feedback. So anyway, uh, getting off my soapbox, but anyway, um, that said, I am going to sign off. Uh, again, you can follow me on social media. I am at Vine. That's where I post my knitting-related content. And if you'd like to follow all things Strange Brew Creative, uh, the blog and the podcast, uh, definitely follow Strange Brew Creative on Instagram, where I am most active. That said, happy knitting, happy making, and I will see you next time. Bye!